Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 93 The Lord is queen. She's robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. She's girded with strength. She has established the world. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. More majestic than the thunders of mighty waters. More majestic than the waves of the sea. Majestic on high is the Lord. Your decrees are very sure. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 1 through 17. You shall love the Lord your God, therefore, and keep his charge, his decrees, his ordinances, and his commandments always. Remember today that it was not your children who have not known or seen the discipline of the Lord your God, but it is you who must acknowledge his greatness, his mighty hand and his outstretched arm, his signs and his deeds that he did in in Egypt with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to all his land, what he did to the Egyptian army, to their horses and chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea flow over them as they pursued you, so that the Lord has has destroyed them to this day what he did to you in the wilderness until you came to this place, what he did to Dathan and Abiram, sons of Eliab, son of Reuben, how in the midst of all Israel the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up, along with all their households, their tents, and every living being in their company. For it is your own eyes that have seen every great deed that the Lord did. Keep then this entire commandment that I am commanding you today, so that you may have strength to go in and occupy the land that you are crossing over to occupy, and so that you may live long in the land that the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them and to their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land that you are about to enter to occupy is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sow your seed and irrigate by foot like a vegetable garden. But the land that you are crossing over to occupy is a land of hills and valleys, watered by rain from the sky a land that the Lord your God looks after. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. If you will only heed his every commandment that I am commanding you today, loving the Lord your God and serving him with all your heart and with all your soul, then you will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the later rain, and you will gather in your grain, your wine and your oil, and you will give grass in your fields for your livestock, and you will eat your fill. Take care or you will be seduced into turning away, serving other gods and worshiping them. For the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and you will shut up the heavens, so that there will be no rain and the land will yield no fruit. Then you will perish quickly off the good land that the Lord is giving you. 1 Timothy 6, verses 13-16 through In the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, 
I charge you to keep the commandment without spot or blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ, which you will bring about at the right time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, it is he alone who, is immortal, who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Good morning and welcome to the sixth Tuesday of Eastertide. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 93, Deuteronomy 11, and 1 Timothy 6. And the theme this morning is of commandments. Um, the Old Testament reading um, <clears throat> is the Deuteron- Deuteronomistic retelling of uh, the preparation to cross the Jordan, enter the land of, of Canaan to take it. And so it's the eve of a military campaign. Um, and I remember there's only one in my deployment during OAF 1, I'm sorry, OAF 2. Um, there's only one like skirmish or whatever where we had like conventional battle plans and we, you know, lined up and staged the night before, blah, blah, blah. And the night before, you know, the last several hours before you start is always like really harrowing. Um, because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, something's happening soon. It could be intense, could be nothing. And you look around and wonder, you know, who's going to come out of this alive and who's, who's not, you know, what does the future hold? Um, and so it's, it's in this context that, um, the author, um, stages this reminder. Um, don't, don't think about the, the the fighting that's about to take place. Think about what you do it for, um, and remember that there are there's a way to secure your place in this uh, restful land, which is uh, for Christians at least a kind of analogy for heaven. Um, you know, this is why Psalm 23 is so popular among military families. You know, it's, it doesn't shy away from the fact that you dwell in the valley of death, um, but it's a promise of tranquility and of peaceful rest. Um, and so the, uh, the, the, the story in Deuteronomy <clears throat> has, um, has them reminded the night before battle, uh, before you know, months-long battle, frankly. It was the night before <clears throat> Jericho, but... It would lead into many other battles, and they knew it. Um, and that's why it, invol- it includes this reminder of why they're doing it and the rewards that they can look forward to if they obey the Lord. Um, and so the, you know, one of the recurring themes is commandment. Don't forget to follow my lead, to follow my orders. Um, that's one of the things that will often be said the, you know, right before battle by commanders is, remember your training. Follow me, you know, um, and and do the thing that you know is right. <clears throat> um, and so, what's right for Israel is to obey God, um, to let go of their hang-ups about whether or not they will win, whether or not they're strong enough, whether or not they're prepared enough, whether or not they're uh, well equipped enough. Because the answer to all those is no. They're not equipped. 
They're not trained. They're not prepared. They're outnumbered. But God's going to do a miracle through them. They are going to succeed despite not being the best, fastest, you know, whatever. And this is why Joshua leads them. It is he and Caleb who came through 40 years prior. And they saw everything that the other 10 spies had seen. They saw that there were giant men and there were fortified cities and everybody else was like, shit, man, we can't do this. And Joshua and Caleb were like, bring it the fuck on. We're going to do this thing. And that same attitude is what they're going to need as they, um, as they stare down um, a long uh, you know, battle uh, fighting season. Um, the fighting actually in Joshua only takes place over like six books. And then more time is spent on the allocation of land because that's what they're looking forward to. They're looking forward to entering this land that they were promised. They're looking forward to the the tranquil, peaceful rest that has been promised to them of abundance and prosperity. Um, and that's what's most important. The, the fighting isn't what it's about. The fighting is a means to an end. We never fight for the sake of fighting. Um, and Christians don't fight against people that's already been done for us and you can make the argument that the israelites too are not um, fighting against people um, but god is the one that's doing it and they are called to strictly obey uh, what they've been told when they deviate from it they are uh, their consequences Um, and so in the the letter to timothy as well this emphasis on keeping commandments without spot or blame um coupled with the promise of the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we never do things for the sake of doing them themselves. Obedience is never unqualified. It's obedience to God, to God's commandments. It's never something, it's never something that um, is absolute and stands on its own. Um, we obey commandments, and those commandments are given by God, and they have a purpose. It's not just somebody pissed me off, so I'm going to take matters into my own hands and beat them up. It's not I want this land or we want this land, and so we're going to take it by force. Consequences, be damned, fuck them all, let God sort them out. That's not what being a person of faith is about. Um, the uh, the call to obey um, in our world, I think people um, rightly reject it. The the call to quiet. Um, uh, obsequience or or the you know the submission unquestioning submission is not right that is not what we are called to and anybody who thinks that you know you should obey something simply by merit of you know it coming from their mouth is is wrong like that's not don't do that um, but we must obey God over and above anybody who tells us something that might contradict God um, insofar as people here on earth uh, tell us or ask us to do things that is fully in line with um, God's purpose and intention, then yes, we can obey those people. And that's what Joshua does. He is um, God's voice and God's uh, executive um, officer, second in command, um, as they go through Canaan. But he isn't the one drafting the plans and executing the mission. God is doing it. God is telling Joshua and the and the people through Joshua 
everything that they need to do. There is nothing that's left up to them. All that's left to them is to obey and to follow. Um, and they can trust God, and they are being asked to trust God, um, not just because God knows all, sees all, is all-powerful and all that stuff, but because they have the relationship with God, a trusting relationship um, that isn't driven merely by rewards, you know, the, the promise of the of the land or or prosperity, but a relationship of trust that's been built up over time. That's why um, Deuteronomy has this reflection, several reflections on, look at what I've already done for you. You have reason to trust me. I've proven myself. And now, as we face the next thing that we don't know that is fearful and scary, you need to obey me and you'll get through this all right. Don't just listen to what I say because I'm God. Listen to what I say because I am your God. I've been in a relationship with you. I've, you know, I have a track record with you. You can trust me. Um, and certainly people might make those claims, but you have to look at your own, at these relationships. Um, I, I'll never forget my commander, um, the last commander I had before I got kind of pushed out, um, uh, you know, they were really upset that I had applied to be a conscientious objector, and they were confused by the fact that I, I had applied to be a non-combatant and return to to combat without a weapon. They were convinced, um, over and above my explicit <laughs> statements, they were convinced that I just wanted to get out of the military. Um, and we didn't have a relationship. I came into that unit with a CO packet already pending, with a ninety-day drop. I'm sorry, with a 90-day drop request pending because I had no reason to think that we'd get deployed again. I I knew that I was getting out in August and I could miss um, orientation and the rest if I got out in my normal ETS date. So they didn't trust me um, and I didn't have any reason to trust them. Um, and by their actions, the things that they did, I knew that I had made a wise decision not trusting them. Um, before I finally fit... Um, you know, initiated the actual CO packet. We were at NTC in Fort Irwin, California, and the battalion commander um, had every, you know, Mike, he was rotating companies, having this little speech. And it got, I got the sense this wasn't the only time he said it. But he basically said, look, I'm going to protect you. Um, if you do the wrong thing, I'm going to protect you. Um, if you kill innocent civilians, uh, we'll drop weapons to make sure that you aren't, um, that you aren't, uh, prosecuted for war crimes for killing an innocent civilian. Um, and sure enough, somebody in that rotation, that battalion commander, um, there was a, a sergeant first class who shot and killed uh, a handcuffed uh, detainee, and he got off. Um, but I didn't have reason to trust them. I looked at our, our history together, I looked at what they've said and what they um, did, and it didn't line up. Um, so nobody should obey anybody, um, commanders or anybody else, simply because they are commanders or because they have, you know, brass shiny brass buttons on their uniform. At least not as a Christian. Maybe as a soldier, um, if a, if, but even then, a soldier doesn't stand on their own. They serve a community. Um, obedience. Obeying commandments and commands does not 
you know, it's not an end in itself. It always comes with qualifications and, and kind of, um, you know, footnotes of, um, I am trustworthy. You can see that I'm trustworthy. That is why I need you to follow me. Um, but if you're not trustworthy, if you don't say and do things that are good, um, then people shouldn't follow you. Um, but the point here in Deuteronomy is that um, God reminds them, I am good. You've seen that I'm good. We've been good together. Now we're going to face this challenging time. Um, don't think about you know, the, the scary stuff. Think about um, where we've been and where we're going. Um, there's go- there will be rest at the end of all this. But to get there, I need you to follow, you know, remember our history and follow my lead in doing what I say and everything will be all right. And so obedience is, not, is never unqualified, even with God. God doesn't ask us to obey God just because God is God. God asks us to obey uh, God because of what God has done for us and because of the kind of of God that God is. Um, and if we see that God is that kind of God, um, it, you know, obedience and, and uh, even relationship uh, comes naturally out of that rather than obedience coming first, um, which God doesn't do. Um, our God is a God that invites us to trust them, to remember our history as well as our future together. A prayer for the clergy and people from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, from whom comes every good and perfect gift, send down upon our bishops and other clergy and upon the congregations committed to their charge the healthful spirit of your grace, and that they may truly please you, pour upon them the continual dew of your blessing. Grant this, O Lord, for the honor of our Advocate and Mediator, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where PewPewHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.